You're listening to Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. I'm Chad Reynolds, and you're up to date. Welcome. You're at the home front of an important battle. The American family is under assault. From the home front is on the front line of this battle, protecting families, parents, and children, raising the flag in defense of traditional values. News, research, and opinion are a part of each broadcast. Join us in the battle. Together, relying on the wisdom of eternal truths, we can rebuild the American family. Welcome. You're here at the home front with Jane. And at the home front, we're here to talk about a lot of issues, but all of them have one thing in common. We're going to talk about issues that have become very important in the last 50 years since we had the sexual revolution of the 60s. Uh, today, we have lots of sex going on. We have it on television and the music. You actually see it in the shopping mall when you walk around. Uh, our clothing just speaks sexual revolution. And yet, we don't have so much smarts about what's going on. We don't have much dialogue about what's going on, and that's what we're going to have here at the home front every time we get together. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking with a man who talks about sex all the time with young people, their parents, and um, hopefully you're going to learn a lot from him. I want to introduce him by way of one of the big problems I think we're having with dialogue about sex issues. We know what peer pressure is, and we say, well, you know, kids give in to peer pressure. Their friends tempt them into these things that they wouldn't normally do, and and we have to teach our kids how to say no. And yet, peer pressure is much more prevalent in the adult world simply because we don't even know it's there. You know, we we know the pressure when it comes to us from our kids. Your daughter comes up and says, you know, Mom, I'd like to go to the summer party this weekend. And we say, well, whose house is it at? You know, I don't know her. What are you guys going to be doing there? Who's going to be there? And our kids know how to pressure us right down to the last minute when hopefully we're going to give in. Ah, Ma, you know, you're just a worrywart. Don't worry about it. Oh, she's one of the kids that always hangs out with us. You know, she's real cool. Her mom's cool. You'll you'll have to meet her someday after school. Oh, come on, Mom. All the kids are coming. You're the only one that's asking these questions. You're so old-fashioned. You're so strict. And eventually, our kids know that they can wear us down. Well, that kind of pressure is going on in our culture now. And we hear it all the time. I could take the time and go through many instances that have come through the news this week, but I don't want to do it. But in essence, what's happening with the sexual revolution is that we have incorporated a lot of behaviors in our society and a lot of attitudes in our society, and we're starting to feel uncomfortable. We think, well, that's not a very good thing to do. For instance, the music, the lyrics, uh, MTV, uh, the MTV award ceremonies and we'll start to dialogue about it and somebody will say well you don't have to listen to it you don't have to watch it if you don't want to what's the big deal you're the only one you're you're so old-fashioned you know you're you're worried about nothing and then if we touch any of the the very sensitive issues in our culture 
we're going to get even more hostility, more anger. While you're just one of those Christian people that you think everybody has to believe your religion, and it's, if it's in the Bible, you want you want to convert the whole country, especially in the same-sex marriage. We get into a lot of well, you're just hateful. You know, you just hate people, and and you want to deny them their rights. And slowly but surely, the cultural wear us down. We have our ideas, our thoughts about what would be sensible, and slowly but surely, we give in, we back down, we say, well, I won't worry about it, I'll just go in with it, I must be wrong, I must not know how to think about these things. Well, that's what we're going to be talking here today, and I want to welcome our guest, Scott Phelps, to the the show. Scott? Hey, Jane. Thanks so much for having me on. How are you? I'm great. Scott is an abstinence educator in the Midwest. Scott, you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing over the past 10, 20 years and your organization? Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. I know, but you compare it down because we're going to get into the sure. nitty gritty of the issue out and after our first break here. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, as you know, I run the Absence and Marriage Education Partnership out of Chicago. Uh, we're a national program. In fact, we've done a lot of work in the Phoenix area, and we provide uh, training and resources for people all over the country that are teaching sexual purity and absence education in public schools and churches and homes, uh, everywhere that we might have an opportunity to reach kids. And so what we want to do is really equip parents uh, and educators to not only communicate the message, but to communicate it well communicated in such a way that the kids really see it, understand it, embrace it, and adopt it for themselves. At the end of the day, I think there's really two things that we're looking for. We want our kids behaviorally to live out the message of absence until marriage. We want them to save sex for marriage because we know objectively there's benefits in that for them. And then secondly, not only that they would uh, adopt it behaviorally, but that they would also have the uh, understanding of how to communicate it. In other words, defend what they believe in the public square and not back down and not be fearful of speaking up for what they believe. So we want to instill them with confidence, not only that they would live it, but that they would have the confidence to communicate it well to their peers. So that's what we do, and we'll have more uh, opportunity to talk about uh, our programs, but uh, that's in a nutshell what uh, what we do, Jane. Great. And what about parents? Now, you're talking about the kids needing confidence to explain it to their peers. Um, what is your experience with parents, the listeners that might be in on the show today who think, well, you know, I'm married, so I've got it down pat, um, but they've got kids or grandkids. Um, what do you find about the confidence of the parents that you're and adults that you're working with? Yeah, very good question. I think part of the problem here is, that parents want to communicate well to their kids, but they're hearing so many, they, they listen to the same media that the kids are listening to. So the media is constantly giving us bad messaging on this issue. And so that parents feel like, I think oftentimes, they can't win, that, that what they believe isn't mainstream, that what they believe is unacceptable, that what they believe is going to be uh, un, unrealistic. And so... Uh, what we want to do is help parents understand, you know, don't, don't listen to the lies in the midst of the media. Understand the reality. And for example, the reality is most 
teenagers are not sexually active. Most high school students are not sexually active, have never had sex of any kind, actually, Mm -hmm. according to the Centers for Disease Control. So it's not like you are uh, out of the mainstream or being unrealistic to teach this message to your kids. But they don't hear that anywhere. There's nowhere today that parents are going to hear that abstinence is the norm. What they're going to hear is that sexual activity is the norm, and the best, the very best that we can hope to do is give get our kids to commit to using contraception so that they won't suffer the consequences, the physical consequences, they would say. And so, but everybody, of course, knows that they're going to do it. And the way, what we need to do is help our kids manage the risk associated with that. Well, the reality is that they're not hearing is that most kids are not sexually active and most kids embrace the message of absence until marriage. And our parents, absolutely, you're right, need the confidence to understand that message and communicate it well to their kids. Right. Well, Justin, hearing you talk about this, um, fortunately, we're going to be uh, with this show for a long time and get a chance to touch each of these issues uh, yeah. gradually over the different shows. So we don't have to do it all in uh, the next minute or so. But I heard you talk about the idea of risk. And the way we deal with risk and the way we talk about it, we use a lot of language that's very confusing. And the norms in the society, creating the norm of abstinence until marriage, we even have to do a little bit of education about marriage, don't we? Oh, my goodness. That is the battle right now. That That is ground zero in the battle of the message that we need to communicate. And uh, I would say, Jane, that... Uh, the biggest shift that I've seen over the past 15 years that I've been doing this is that the the flashpoint of the messaging has shifted mm-hmm. to where marriage is now it. Marriage is the taboo word that you cannot say uh, in many places increasingly now. Right. That is, you cannot say marriage if by marriage you mean one man and one woman because that's so hard. Right discriminatory and and harmful and hurtful. And I think most parents listening to this would have no idea that there are schools now around the country where teachers uh, are not really allowed even to say the word marriage. I find this more and more in my training seminars as I go around the country. So marriage, and and we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this because this to me is the ground zero in the communication battle right now. Right. Okay, well, we're going to be back with Scott uh, very shortly. Uh, he's with A&M Partnership, and he spends his life working with kids and parents talking about sex. When we come back, we're going to start right with that question. What is sex? What is abstinence? Because, parents, uh, you might be surprised to think that there's a lot of confusion about that very basic question. What constitutes sex in our our culture, and what are we encouraging kids to abstain from, and what are we leading them to try and get tempted by? We'll be back.
welcome back to the home front. You're talking with Jane here, and we have our guests with us today, Scott Phelps, walking us through the the landmines and pitfalls of talking about sex with our kids. Scott, welcome back. Thanks, Jane. Well, we promised you that our very first discussion here was going to be the whole nature of what is sex, what is abstinence, what are kids supposed to engage in, and what are they supposed to set aside for a later time. Scott, you want to give us a little bit of information about what you're running into in the culture, what the kids hear, and where is it off base? Well, yeah, and, and I think it's really, really important to be clear with our kids what we mean when we even use a word like abstinence, uh, which is the common term. Other terms are chastity, purity, um, virginity. But uh, abstinence is probably the most common term that's out there. And, and if we're going to use that term, we need to define it. We need to explain what we mean because the reality is that kids may all have different ideas of what that means. And so the definition that we use in our workbooks, and, you know, we've got five different workbooks for schools and churches to be able to use and teach these materials to their kids. And then what I do is travel around the country teaching those programs to adults to teach to their kids. And our workbooks define abstinence this way. Abstinence is choosing to save all sexual activity for marriage. Sexual activity includes any type of genital contact or sexual stimulation. Abstinence is the only sure way to protect your body, mind, and heart from the various consequences of premarital sexual activity. Abstinence is the safest, healthiest lifestyle and one of the best ways to repair for a healthy future marriage. So that's what we're going to teach kids, Mm -hmm. uh, is is saving all sexual activity for marriage. It's not play around with this, try this, do this, experiment with this. Now, on the other hand, by contrast, uh, when I was uh, developing the workbooks, I went on Google and I just typed in the word abstinence to see what kinds of definitions that I might get. And the one that I pulled up here on the front page of the Google search results is actually quite common out there today. Right. This one happens to come from the University of Alberta Health Center, and it goes like this. Abstinence doesn't have to mean shutting off your sexuality. In fact, with a little imagination, abstinence can be a very sexy, satisfying choice if that's what you want it to be. It might include holding hands, flirting, feeding each other, gazing into your partner's eyes, massage, sharing fantasies, bathing together, necking, self-pleasuring, touching your partner's body, oral sex, strolling arm-in-arm, There are a million possibilities, it says. Now, that's almost too much to read on the radio. I hope I don't get your show canceled on the first night. Well. But the reality is this is what's out there, and this is what schools many times are teaching. Now, listen, it's not enough as a parent to go knock on the door of the, the principal's office and say, listen, are you teaching abstinence at this school? Because mm-hmm. there isn't a school in the United States that will say, no, we don't teach abstinence. Right. Every school will say, keyword, that they teach abstinence. The question isn't, do you teach abstinence? The question is, what do you teach about abstinence? So that schools can use a definition like this, and they can tell you they're teaching abstinence. And, and sadly, Jane, this happens far too often. Right. That a school says, oh, no, we teach abstinence. And parents are like, oh, thank goodness, I'm so glad the school is teaching abstinence. They have no idea what's being taught. Right. And and the reality is, now, in our training seminars, we make a very clear distinction between objective and subjective, right? So 
this would be a subjective definition of abstinence because it says here that it's essentially whatever you want it to mean. It could mean this, it could mean that, it could mean holding hands, it could mean oral sex, it could mean taking a bath together. I mean, have we lost our minds, really, right. that, that schools would teach something like this? And uh, sadly, I think that's true. And so the stuff that's out there, uh, if, it's important, I guess, for parents to know what their school is teaching. Right. And uh, I, I think where I, I might want to say that we could help people, our website is ampartnership.org. We're here to help parents to do that. We're here to hold parents' hands and walk them through the process, for example, right. of going to your local school, talking to the principal, and asking the question, what are you teaching and can I see it? Now, chances are if the school, if a school won't show you what they're teaching, that's usually not a good sign. Right. But they tend to want to uh, sort of cover up what they're teaching if it's not good. And if it is good, they'll be happy to show it to you. Now, sadly, the reality is is that many schools, probably even most schools, it's hard to know, but probably most schools don't even have a curriculum like ours. Right. Typically, what health teachers do is they've got some material in their textbook, and then they will print off a bunch of things off the Internet. So you really don't know what they're teaching. Right. So I would want to challenge my local school to show you what they're teaching in health class. And uh, if they don't have a curriculum, by all means, that's what we're here to help provide for those schools. And parents, adults, grandparents, I think it's really a wonderful tool that Scott offers through his organization. Certainly there are other fine curricula, but what you need to do, and I think Scott's curricula, he has five different programs. He can't go to a secular school and not mention a word about faith or religion in terms of teaching what that religion, he can validate kids' religious faith and that they need to follow that according to what their family is doing. He's also got a faith-based curricula for those organizations that are maybe a parochial school or a school that's within a church setting. These curricula and the people who use it and and train it do have the definition that Scott is proposing on abstinence from sexual behavior. And that is so key. As a classroom teacher, I've seen what Scott is talking about, where teachers may have their own idea that some of these behaviors, showering with a friend is one that I always thought... I I could not get into my brain how that would avoid any kind of sexual activity. And you'll have teachers that think that's part of the definition of abstinence, and they'll bring supplemental materials in. So if you're not sure what's going on in your school and want a good foundation and offer them something concrete and helpful, I would encourage you to get in touch with Scott, A&M Partnership, take a look at their materials. Lots of times schools have good intentions. They just don't know where to go to get that information. Well, that's a really, let me just say that's a really good point, Jane, because the reality is there are a lot of schools that would like to teach the kind of program that we offer. Mm-hmm. And you're right, there's other programs out there. But uh, there's a lot of schools that they don't, know, they don't even know where to start. How, how do I find this? And so you as a parent can actually be, a very helpful resource to your school mm-hmm. uh, because you're going there to be helpful. You know, you, you don't want to go sort of in an accusatory tone. But you just say, 
you know, I, I want to make sure, I know this is kind of a tricky area, and I want to make sure that uh, our school is handling it well. I want to help you. I know of a, mm-hmm. an organization that can help us to do this. And you want to go as a help to the school. And, and the other thing that I would point out is all of our curricula, Jane, have a parent interaction page at the end of every chapter. What we ideally want is to connect parents and kids on this important matter. We want the schools, if they're going to teach it, to teach it well. But we also want the parents to follow up with that. And there's a lot of parents who want to talk to their kids about this important matter but aren't quite sure how to go about it and right. what to do. And we want to encourage them and help them. So a couple of ways that you could do that. Even if your school uh, doesn't have a type of program like this and they're not going to get a type of program like this, or if you're homeschooling, uh, you can get a copy of the curriculum. And they're just, it's just a simple workbook. They're just an $8 simple workbook. You can get a copy of that and sit down with your kids and go through it. It's very mm-hmm. simply. It's very clear. It's a question and answer, and it's all very self-explanatory. It's really very simple. And you just walk right through that. If they do have it at school, you've got the parent interaction page to go over with them. But Great. we really, really want to emphasize that. And the questions that we ask are not embarrassing, difficult, complicated questions Great. for parents to have. They're, they're designed to be kind of a uh, an easy step toward having this important conversation. In fact, I just this morning, uh, Saturday morning, my 16-year-old son, uh, we sat down at the uh, breakfast room table this morning and went through uh, one of my workbooks. Fantastic. uh, I just think these are so important because I want to make sure that at this age, my kids aren't sort of wondering about these things. And and parents can't. Here's the really important thing. Yeah, go ahead. We're going to take a break in just a second. We'll come back to this with some added tips for the parents and then talk about the marriage aspect after this. And also, can kids really do this? Scott's put a lot of good questions on the table. And we'll be back uh, after this break. You're at the Independent Talk Station 1100 KFNX Homefront with Jane and Scott. Jim Howell, Independent Talk, 11 under KFNX. Welcome. You're at the home front of an important battle. The American family is under assault. Eternal truths and understandings about family and marriage are being burned at the stake. Common sense is no longer common. Traditional values are being attacked as old-fashioned, obsolete, and irrelevant. Join us in the battle. Share, learn, and teach, adding your voice to the dialogue. Today at the home front. Welcome back. This is Jane at the home front talking with Scott. And before we get the details lost at the end when we get buried in a really great conversation, I want to direct everybody that's listening to Scott's organization, his website, for his materials about talking with, teaching kids about sex, about abstinence, about marriage, all those wonderful issues that are going to be so important to them as they grow up. His website is am, as in marriage, ampartnership.org. And on that website, you can get the details about each of the different curricula that he has available, all ages, both boys and girls. If you're in a church setting, he's got something that works for you. If you're in a public school, something else that works for, for those kids. 
So I encourage you to get those materials. And like Scott says, just get one book that you think is appropriate for your kids or your grandkids. Look it through. Everybody says parents should talk with their kids, but sometimes we don't know how to get that kicked off. And this will be a great way to do that. Now, Scott, we're going to hone in on a couple of topics here, but don't worry, listeners. Scott is one of our regular guests who is going to be returning to the home front many times. So if you've got a lot of questions buried in your mind, um, you can send those questions to me at my website, and uh, we will definitely put them on the top of the list when Scott comes back. Scott, we talked about sex and what is abstinence, and you read us the definition Can you just repeat that definition? What are kids holding off on sex for? And then talk about why. You know, is this just a a crazy Christian idea with no foundation? Or is there some basis for it that uh, we can sell to people who maybe don't share our faith? Yeah, thanks. So very, very critical. Good questions. Uh, Coming back to the definition that we use in our workbooks to teach the kids, and it's it's an objective definition, means it's factually, objectively true, irregardless of what my opinion may be, Uh, it's this, abstinence is choosing to save all sexual activity for marriage. Sexual activity includes any type of genital contact or sexual stimulation. Abstinence is the only sure way to protect your body, mind, and heart from the various consequences of premarital sexual activity. Abstinence is the safest, healthiest lifestyle, and one of the best ways to prepare for a healthy future marriage. So our organization is A&M, Abstinence and Marriage, and we think it's critical not only that we teach our kids abstinence, but that we also teach them marriage, because that's where it's going. That's the point of what we're trying to teach. Not that sex is bad, sex is good, it's objectively good, because without it, we're not here, and so it's an objectively good thing, but within the context of a marriage relationship where it's safe and protected, and that's what we have to teach our kids. We don't want to teach them that it's a bad thing, we want to teach them it's a good thing, and the way to teach them it's a good thing is by including a clear message on the benefits of marriage. Now, this ties in nicely to where we left off, and that was where I was talking about sitting down with your own kids and going over this, and you can do that uh, with the workbook, and it's so important to do that because here's why. Many of us grew up in a culture in which that was the norm, that sex would be saved for marriage, and if you didn't do it, you knew you were crossing a boundary. You knew that you were sort of stepping out of bounds, as it were. That moral template that we had growing up has been shattered. It's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's not as though kids are becoming sexually active because they are rebellious or because they, you know, want to sort of take a walk on the wild side. It's more a matter of following after the culture. That's the river that they are swimming in. It's going in that direction. We can't assume, Jane, that kids today have the very basic understanding that we had growing up and that should be reserved for marriage we have to teach that to them very clearly and one of the challenges uh scott with that i think um i'm part of the sexual revolution group that remembers the marriage standard and then all these many years later what it is today is that we as adults 
are sometimes working on from a defensive posture. It's um, we have a lot of single parent homes, and we think, well, if we try to promote marriage to our kids, that's saying something negative about us. Can you give care- parents the confidence that that kids can absorb that their their parents are good parents doing? Yeah good things for them, but this standard will be helpful for the kids in their life as adults? You've really touched on the key issue here, Jane, and that is, the way I say it, uh, out of sensitivity, we're really harming our kids. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is too many educators are afraid to talk to kids about marriage for fear, as you say, that it may be sending a signal that if your parents aren't married, then that's bad and you're bad, and it's just so we're just not going to touch that. Mm -hmm. We're going to stay away from that. And what we're doing, really, is we're harming our kids because they are being robbed of the opportunity to learn what marriage is. Now, when I do a parent seminar, I know that there are going to be many parents in my seminar who are single parents or they're divorced, never married, whatever it was, and I want to help them understand how important it is to talk about marriage to their kids despite their own experiences. And I've I'm... never met a parent who says, well, you know, I was divorced, therefore I hope my kid gets divorced, right? right? No, no parent would ever say that. And I think with and, these and... Uh, sensitive family issues, sometimes what helps me and, and people I'm talking with is to back it away from my family, my sexual activity, and think of other subjects. My dad was a smoker back when smoking exactly. was everywhere. He, uh, he he came home one day and said, I can't believe that they're ever going to tell me I can't smoke in this bank building, you know, and here we are today. But um, they still didn't equivocate. They showed us the effects of tobacco on the lungs, and eventually there was a an evolution of the culture, and I could still love my dad and, and you know, car accidents. I've been a bad driver from time to time, and those are the examples I take to my kids and say, if I had done this differently, I would have had better outcomes. And You're exactly right. And for some reason, in every other uh, sort of area, that, mm-hmm. that, that is still you. You know, the, the anti-tobacco message is still very prevalent. But no one says, well, now, you know, we shouldn't tell kids not to smoke because maybe their parents smoke and they would think badly of their parents. No one says that. Right. And so so you're absolutely right. I try to help parents and educators sort of get over that and understand it's not about you, it's about them, and help the kids understand the objective value and benefit of marriage because if we don't do it, we're harming our kids. Now, we're going to have a very, very short time here. So, listeners, I know that um, we are just touching the edge of a topic, and you may be just rolling your eyes, banging the car radio, or, or just thinking, these guys are off their rockers. But I want you to be back at the home front with us each Saturday, and we're going to break open each of these little topics that we're talking about you know, Scott is talking about marriage being a good standard. And, Scott, we have just a couple of minutes, and so I don't want to cut you off. If you can kind of give us a nugget summation of one reason why marriage is good. He's, his curricula are going to have many of them, but 
give us a compelling reason. Why is marriage good and I could direct my kids to save their sexual activity until marriage? Yeah, well, and very good. And there's a, really a whole host of reasons. Right. I think perhaps the most important that we want to encourage healthy marriages is for the rearing of children. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, clearly, you know, sort of obviously, uh, Kids are going to do better if they have a married mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And it's not just having a mom and dad, but having a married mom and dad. So, for example, we're for fatherhood, but more importantly, we're for married fatherhood. Mm -hmm. So all the data, all the research, all the statistics show that when children are reared by their biological mom and dad, optimum results. And so we want to encourage the strengthening of the family. We want to help our young, regardless of what may have already happened, we want to help this next generation understand the benefits of healthy marriage first for the rearing and caring of their own children. Mm -hmm. And then we can go into the whole host of benefits for them personally and individual. Right. They live longer, they make more money, they're healthier. I mean, there's just a whole list of things that we could go through. Right. Where married parents up against uh, uh, any other type of family arrangement are at the top of the chart. And I heard you say this real quickly, so I'm going to repeat it for listeners because I know that people can repeat that s- sentence you said, well, that's just your opinion, Scott. But actually there's research out there that demonstrates this. It doesn't mean that if you are not a married pa- mom and dad with your kids today that you're going to fail but we are trying to lead our kids into a healthy future. I do want to encourage you to go to Scott's website, A&M Partnership. Let's see. Did I get that right? A&M Partnership. Yeah, A&M. There's no ampersand Thank in the you. web address. Simply ampartnership.org will get you there. All right. Get there. And at my website at the end of the show, I will uh, give you my website address, and there are links there so that you can get over to AM Partnership if you miss it, uh, if you're not able to write it down. Thanks so much for being with us, Scott. And we look forward to having you again with us down the road. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. We'll be back. the home front you're talking with jane and we are going to wrap up the show in this next segment with a guest a good friend of mine and we've been talking about abstinence for kids as a good option but you'll probably be a little bit surprised that terry does a lot of talking about sex and waiting for sex with adults so terry welcome hey how are you doing jane i'm good thanks uh, this is Terry Mello. She's a professional certified coach, works with a lot of people on a lot of things to get their life going the direction they want. And uh, she's also worked in a very intriguing way with singles. 
And we just have a very short time for her to to tell you what that is. But we are lucky to have her really flesh this out for us next week on our show because Terry is going to be back with us. We're going to talk about sex in the single world. You know, how can we wrangle this this beast and make sense of it and make happy lives for adults? So, Terry, you want to tell us a little bit about friendshipping, your work with adults, and then we want to make sure that they get all the information for your events so they can meet you and some of the other people you work with. That sounds great. I'm so looking forward to being with you next week. I was listening to your program and intrigued. Uh, because I began my work with teenagers, so that's mm-hmm. where I got most of my training was working with kids. And at that point, I learned that the most powerful thing you could do with kids is treat them with respect. So as you spoke with them more like they were young adults than little kids, I found that they were very much more receptive. So now as I've moved more, although I still work with teenagers, more now with adults and single populations and marriages that are in trouble and marriages that want to get better, uh, we have come about working with singles and how to have healthy relationships. And again, next, we'll, next week we'll talk a lot about this. But the paradigm shift we have to make is intellectual when it comes to adults and their sexual choices and futures, marriage, healthy relationships, all those things that we all innately desire and want, whether we're man or whether we're woman. So uh, I have come with a concept that we call friendshipping, and the only reason for that term is to have a term that single men and women can use that isn't dating, when they want to spend time with each other but not have to be known as the couple or we're the one or put their hearts out there and, you know, get hurt in the end. So we are working uh, to see about doing healthier relationships with adults. One of the factions that we do that I'll mention quickly and then we'll pick this up next week and talk about all different aspects as well as sex with the adult is that we also believe in socializing with men and women in a healthy environment where they there's no trappings of dating or having to look a certain way or say a certain thing. And so we are putting together now social activities quarterly for single men and women. And we'll have our first one in two weeks uh, from today. We are calling it the Olympics for Singles, and we would love to invite all single men and women to join us. We are going to play together. We're going to create teams and have Olympic events, which are not for athletic prowess, but for fun. (laughs) Anybody will be able to do this. Honey Bear is going to be catering our event. We'll have an award ceremony. We have raffle prizes. But most of all, what we're going to do is have men and women just having fun together, laughing, meeting singles from all over the city. So we have singles coming from all over the city. So that's what we're looking forward to in the next couple weeks as well as next week talking with you. Well, great. Gosh, the lunch, Honey Bears, I'd show up for that. (laughs) I know. They're fantastic, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Can you tell us where it's going to be? Because, oh, my goodness, the weather right now is so beautiful. So this is such a perfect time for your event. And, you know, it is hard for singles. We've got single kids in our family, and, it's like, how do you meet people anymore? Right. Right. Uh, you, you go to the same job every day, and then you come home, and it's like, how do you do this? So I'm encouraging everybody that's listening, consider this Olympics. Where is it going to be, Terry? We're going to hold it at Scottsdale Ranch Park, which is just off of Shea and just past 92nd, 96th Street. Uh, you can't miss the park. It's right, right there. We'll be, there'll be signs all over the place. And again, the purpose of this event is just to begin a new way of 
having fun together as men and women without the trappings of expecting a sexual encounter or a marriage partner mm-hmm. or am I good enough or am I pretty enough or, you know, can I give her what she wants? This is just going to be plain fun. So you don't have to fill out one of those profiles and describe no. yourself and put a picture with it. You just show up. Yeah, just How come great. have some fun. Yeah, our, <laughs> you can register right on the website. It takes about two minutes, and you'll be ready to go. It's, it's a $20 cost, so we're trying to keep it as inexpensively as, yeah. as we can and have a great time together. And, again, look at a new approach Very good. to healthier relationships for our men and women. Well, it starts at 10 a.m., Correct. It Registration goes, at nine. Great. Goes through lunchtime and and goes on to the end of the award ceremony toward the end of the day. Um, Terry, well, we should be done by about two o'clock, so we perfect. don't want to take their whole day. But good. Yep. Okay. And can you give us your website, any contact information, and if those of you listening don't have a pencil and paper and are afraid of forgetting, I'm going to give you my website at the end, and you can link to Terry through that. It's pretty easy. The main thing is www.friendship, just friendship hyphen ing, friendship hyphen ing, friendshipping.com. Pretty easy. Any emails that you would like to contact me with, just go to terry at friendshipping.com and we can talk one on one either through email or we'll make a phone call and get to know each other. Okay, that sounds great. Again, Terry is a professional certified coach. So um, if you have anything in your life that you think needs redirecting or a little bit of help and suggestion, this is a great way to meet Terry, meet the people she hangs out with and have fun with her. So pack up, get your car ready. and the Go Olymp- for the gold. <laughs> Go for the gold. Olympics for singles. Yes. This is next Saturday, April 26th. Two weeks. Two weeks. Thank right. you. I haven't counted Easter correctly. Easter next week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Terry is here on the radio next Saturday, and that means she will be at the park, Scottsdale Ranch Park, April 26th, 10 a.m., but get there at 9 to register, and you can do that online as well. Her website, friendship-ing.com. Terry. Yeah, uh, I can't wait for you to be here next week right. on the radio. You want to give us a little bit of a teaser of what people might learn about men and women getting together, some of the, the areas that you'll be covering. One of the most important things that we're discovering in the research that we're doing now uh, with the workshops that we're doing and the information that we have is that Women are becoming much more aware of the internal world of a man. Mm-hmm. It has been our greatest research piece that we've seen is mm-hmm. how their views have changed when they actually can sit down and have an intelligent, meaningful, safe conversation with men and what they really think. Mm-hmm. So one of the greatest things that, that I am passionate about is beginning to get men and women to understand each other so that we don't expect a man to be a woman or a woman to be a man and how we can use that to our benefit so that in the end we get what we really want, which is that that person that's going to love you, whether you're good, bad, you know, in or out, they just stay with you, which is, again, what we all desire. I don't care whether we're male or whether we're female. Mm -hmm. We just do it a little differently. Sex is a huge component to this conversation, and I think we'll have a great discussion surrounding that one in a very 
mature and realistic way discussing hormones, how that plays into it, how do we build a friendship when all those hormones are going crazy. So there's much to be talked about, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Great. I think this is one of the things you and I can talk as women here, but really address the needs of men. You know, this whole sexual revolution in some ways was sparked by women, you know, that we wanted our rights, we wanted checking accounts, we wanted to burn our bras and get jobs and run corporations. And I think really men got buried under a lot of uh, just negative attitudes that came out of the idea of feminism. And I remember on the college campus way back then when, you know, it was a question of whether the guy should open the car door for you or whether he should hold the door going into Walmart for you. It, it was all attached to such tension, you know. And, um, you know, so it's great that men are front and center on your program because I think we look at love and marriage as kind of a, a woman's thing, which is not really true at all, is it? No, it really isn't. And I think... You know, you talk about a sexual revolution, but, you know, we've been having revolutions around sex throughout history. Right. So this is not anything really new. It just happens to be for our generation, so it seems Mm -hmm. paramount. But I find that the the greatest issues that we deal with in a so-called sexual revolution, if that's the term we want to use, Mm -hmm. is the hearts of men and women. Right. It really is where we need to go to understand if it's even possible to get back to the place that men respect women and women respect men for who they are and not who they want them to be. So I think a lot of times our sexual, um, uh, what would be the word, our sexual go-for-it attitudes come more out of the hurt of the heart Mm -hmm. than anything else. We naturally want to be loved. Sex is part of that between men and women. But we also know that there's some other dynamics that play into that that can cause us to either have that that wonderful sex that carries us for a lifetime, bonding us to one another through the thick and thin, or we get the disaster where we're we're shut down, we're afraid, we're and you know all these movements come out. I think of those kind of things. Well, it's going to be a great conversation. I hope you're looking forward to joining us next Saturday with Terry Mello. And I've been so honored to have you here with us at the Home Front. Check out the website from thehomefront.org. That should be pretty easy to remember, from thehomefront.org. You can find links to Terry Mallow. You can find links to Scott Phelps and his materials. And I just had a wonderful time being here today with you, hopefully stimulating some questions, some thoughts, and a reason to come back and hear more. You're at Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Jane Jimenez signing off from the home front.